welcome back to Love, Sex and Magic. I'm joined with my gorgeous partner and fiance, Sean Jenkins. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> We're going to be doing an episode today all about relationships and specifically how do you know if you're in the right relationship? Because this is a question that I feel like is just everyone always wants to know that's in a relationship. Like, how, how do I know? And it's a question that I get asked a lot. How do you know if the person I'm with is the right person? And I feel like I get asked this a lot because of how quickly we decided that we knew it was the right relationship for us and kind of dived in pretty, pretty fast in comparison to a lot of people. I think what I want to say on this, like how do you know if you're in the right relationship? The first thing that I want to say is, I personally believe that every relationship that we are, that we find ourselves in, in our lives is some kind of spiritual assignment or soul contract that we are meant to be in, in order to heal something, in order to grow something, in order to shift something, in order to evolve into a greater version of ourselves, a more healed version of ourselves. So I believe that if you're in a relationship, then it is the right one for you at that time for whatever reason. And maybe you can't see that reason right now. Maybe that person is your soulmate for however many years, a lifetime, or maybe you've just come together with that person to overcome a certain set of challenges together for you to see something within yourself that you can then both grow from, right? So I think you are in a relationship right now for a reason, right? but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is your person that you're meant to be with forever. Yeah, I think it's also an interesting question about what does right person essentially mean too? Because I think for me, what I came up against a lot in our relationship was how do you know whether or not she's the right person, she's the one, because you hardly know each other. And I think for me, it was about listening to the right people and then also not listening to the right people. So I felt like there was a moment where somebody that I highly respect gave me information about how they had kind of chose their ex-wife to be that relationship for then. And it felt like it was the right person for them. And what ended up happening is they got a divorce, but he was seeing a lot of the right signs that were telling him spiritually that this person was right. Mm. A lot of things were connecting. Mm. So a lot of things were timing. Well, it was so serendipitous because we came across each other right in this time. How is that even possible? And so then it kind of comes into this quest of like, okay, well, do we just say we don't listen to serendipitousness because we ended up getting a divorce and it's saying, no, that serendipitous brought you together because like you just eloquently said, 
that was this life is but a training ground. And so if we really believe that God is everything or God is nothing, then we lean into the concept that in that moment, that serendipitousness was what you needed to lead you into that relationship so you could learn and be trained in your soul's purpose in that moment together. Mm -hmm. And that was the right relationship for that time. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like right relationship for the long term, I think that's a that's a whole other thing to almost yeah. unpack. Well, on that on that topic of like signs, you know, this is something that came up recently on an alchemy of the heart call that I was leading. Someone said, "What do I do because I'm getting all these signs about my ex?" does that mean that I'm meant to be with them? You know, what does this mean? I keep seeing all these signs pop up all, all over the place that are all about him. And I was like, firstly, I'm, I'm a big believer in signs, <laughs> right? I ask for signs, I receive signs, but I think we give our own meaning to signs. And for me, signs about an ex doesn't mean I'm meant to be with them. It means there's something there that still needs to be healed. There's something there that's some kind of open loop that needs to be figured out, that needs to be worked through, right? Because I feel as though a sign from the universe often is confirmation of what our intuition already knows or is already going through. And so I think if you're seeing all these synchronist synchronistic um, signs that you're meant to be with someone or that's pulling you towards someone, it doesn't mean that that is your person forever, right? Um, and, you know, for, for people that followed me like throughout my last um, breakup and know certain things about how that went down at the end, you know, that was that was two people who felt as though they were both getting signs that they were meant to be together, right? Through a medicine ceremony. And it didn't work out. So does that mean that they weren't meant to come together? No, it means they were meant to come together, but so that they could heal a certain set of things, so that they could evolve through something together and then ultimately go, go their separate ways. Yeah, and I think on that note, just acknowledging who your right person is as far as signs and and where that lands because you could even dive into our story and say well you only had a specific amount of days in nosara for us to be able to meet and me meeting dan's uh, girlfriend as the first person i met was serendipitous to us and then me being able to go to that dinner and meeting you was serendipitous right. there's all these signs leading up to each other and yeah. so, Sean, if we'd those played, signs, yeah. how do you look at those and perceive those? Because signs, yeah. I feel like there's so much perception involved yeah. in how you perceive a sign. Because here's the thing, like if we, <clears throat> we had all those like little, little synchronicity points in our meeting, but we could have had those and then gotten into a relationship that was really um, turbulent and had a lot of red flags and... 
um, you know, we were arguing all the time or we were bashing yeah. up against all these walls and all these issues. And then we would go, oh, but there were all these signs that we were meant to be together, yeah. right? So it's like the signs, you know, the sign is like a nice thing to have. It's like a nice part of the story. And I also want to say that like, I feel as though when you fall in love and you meet your person and you're you're in a relationship where you are deeply in love with someone, you will look back and you'll always be able to find signs. And I will say, there's so many moments in my past relationships where I've disregarded signs that were telling me the contrary. Ooh, like what? So basically, you're talking, we're talking about signs that are bringing us together. Mm -hmm. What about signs that are pulling us apart? Okay, examples, I need to hear this. Okay, <laughs> so like, say you are... There's also value contracts and ethic contracts and moral contracts that like you're basically having agreements with each other about and say that you have a situation or I had a situation in my past. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> where we, <clears throat> we basically... There is polling, right? She lived in the East Coast. I lived on the West Coast. And there was always kind of this push-pull of how it was going to be able to work. And there was a kind of a sign in, in when I had gone to the East Coast where there was a lot of talk about raising a family on the East Coast. And instead of reading into the fact that that was a sign that I could, that possibly it wasn't going to work out, I read more into it as a sign of maybe we should move to the East Coast and live together on the East Coast. Mm. And so perceiving a sign as like, maybe I should disrupt my own contract to then go this other person's route is basically saying no to Sean and saying yes to this other person. And then it's almost getting into like manipulating signs to what you want them to be. Totally. And so I think there's like manipulation in signs for me that have occurred. Because we so want to believe that the sign is pointing us because as a certain you want way. It to work. Yeah. Or I want yeah. it to work so bad. And so I keep skipping over these signs because I want this mm. person mm. to be my person. And then all of a sudden it starts unraveling. And then in the end, it was quite a rug pull. And I got, you know, quite hurt in that relationship because I didn't see it coming. And then it was ended. Well, it's also like you... you. But I just want to say one more thing mm -hmm. that I didn't see it coming. But at the same time, there were moments and signs to where I could have seen it coming. Right. And I didn't look at those signs with as much intent as I did the ones that were bringing us together yeah. unconsciously, yeah. but slightly consciously, if we're being honest. So it's like turning a blind eye to what those red flags are. And I feel like there's a lot of talk around what red flags are, like kind of collectively, like what's a red flag. For example, obviously someone that tells like little lies is a red flag. Someone that's dishonest or someone that you know, you can't trust. But I feel like there are more unique and individualized red flags. 
like what you spoke about, like, oh, this is a misalignment of our values and our vision of what we want in life. Oh, this is me um, going along with what they want rather than listening to the truth of my body and my soul and what I want. And I feel as though I've also had that in past relationships where I have gone, oh, it's fine. I'll go, I'll go with what they want to do. Right. And then it's, it's been a little self-betrayal of my own truth and what I really stand for and what I want. Or I've seen like a pattern go down and I've been like, uh, don't really agree with that, but I've not spoken it out loud. Right. And so I think when we're dishonest with our own self and we choose to like turn a blind eye and look the other way to these signs or these little red flags, then that's when they start building up right? That's when we get a rug pull. That's when we get like a situation happen where it's like, it just came out of the blue, but we can look back and go, actually, there were a lot of signs that I wasn't ready to see. I also think it's just authenticity in its purest form of how do I know this person is the right person for me? Well, if I'm being truly my authentic self, okay, then what does that mean? Okay, if we unpack on authenticity, am I making decisions and for myself, obviously there's compromise that's involved and obviously you're working as a unit, but am I sacrificing my own authenticity, my own truth, my own integrity Mm -hmm. for this other person because I'm basically now bending over to navigate towards what their truth is Mm -hmm. and following their path Mm -hmm. more than mine own. And so I'm giving up ownership and I'm giving up ownership of who I truly am and what I truly value and what way I really want to directionally move in. Yeah. And when I think I break that agreement with myself, then it already is a sign saying this person is probably not in total alignment with me. Mm. So it's like, can I show up in this relationship as my most authentic self and feel fully accepted? 100%. And do I fully accept this person in their most authentic self? Yeah. And I feel like a common pattern can be falling in love with the potential of someone falling in love with who they could be in the future falling in love with the idea of what your relationship could look like in the future and falling in love with that rather than what's actually true is who is this person being day to day in this relationship right now in present moment and do I fully love and accept that and if this person changed nothing ever would I still be happy? Would I still feel in love with this person? Or am I falling in love with an illusion of what may one day be in the future, but may not? Yes, and safety. Safety to be oneself. Like, do I feel actually safe enough to be my most honest, authentic self? Mm -hmm. And that's a real gut pull. If you, if I just can't feel the safety enough to be able to say to you, no, baby, I don't feel like doing that. Or that doesn't really feel good to me. Or no, I don't really want to move to uh, Nosara. Or 
Mill Valley or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. if I don't feel the safety to be able to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. there's already going to be a decent amount of misalignments and self soul contracts yeah. being broke to where the point is of that's when things start unfolding for me of whether or not this person's the right person for me. I feel as though I agree. I feel like there should be so much safety that you feel safe to bring up anything with your partner. And you know that you're still a team. They've got your back. There's a certain container of safety that's being held. You know, I've been in relationships before where there were certain things that I felt afraid to bring up. There were certain things that I would always feel like I was on eggshells around because I knew there were going to be such big triggers, right? And I think you can really tell if you're in the right relationship when you are in some kind of um, challenge or adversity or argument and there's still that sense of safety. There's still that sense of, look, I love you. I've got you. We're working through this together as emotionally mature adults. And it's not like as soon as as soon as an issue arises, one of you is like out the door and it's like, we're over, we're done. Because then there's that constant unsafety, right? And you feel like you can't bring up anything that may be challenging to talk about. Exactly. And I think there's like tough conversations that are for any relationship that are almost universal. Money, sex, um, love, magic, no. But just the ones that really can involve triggering and whatever even that word means, right? Because it stems from like an inner child lack of worth, probably stemming from childhood. And then it's breaking down. Do I feel safe enough to talk to this person about my traumas, about my issues that I've had in the past, about things that have come up in my childhood, about things that I've been really hurtful towards me? Mm -hmm. And do I feel like you will stay by my side through that pain? Mm -hmm. Right? Because there's like a lot of intensity with, say, a charged feeling about money. Right. And that's posed and that's posed an issue for me in the past. And so now it's become almost this story in my mind that is just going to keep getting retold where I'm left because I don't have enough. Boom. Okay. Now I know the story and I'm aware enough to like understand that's the story. And then it's unpacking that personally, A. But then it's being safe enough to be open in the container that you were just talking about with your person and having that person hold you Mm -hmm. through that whole entire conversation, even when it's the most uncomfortable, even when you're almost sweating and your stomach hurts and still Mm -hmm. saying, I love you at the end, that's knowing this is the right person for me. Mm, That's true safety. And everyone has their own wounds. Everyone has their own stories. Everyone has their own, you know, 
things that stem back to their childhood that will get replayed and you will have to visit in all of your romantic relationships. But then I think it's an interesting conversation. We're talking about knowing if you're in the right relationship. I think there's a conversation sometimes in the, um, you know, conscious relationship dialogue around the right relationship will bring up all of your wounds to the surface and will trigger you the most and you'll have to face off with your biggest challenges. And I think, yes, to a degree, all relationships will do that. But I also think that if you're in a relationship that is constantly triggering your deepest wounds and constantly like re-traumatizing you, then I think you're in a trauma bond. I don't think you're in a relationship that is actually healing for you because we've got to think about like, is all of my deepest wounds being brought up to the surface over and over and over again? Is that actually healing for me? You know, it, like, am I actually moving past this and moving through this? Or am I just like digging at the same wound over and over and over again? Because I think there's a lot to be said for relationships that are actually peaceful, for relationships that actually are, have a lot more ease and a lot more compatibility and a lot more flow than just this constant challenge, 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 challenge. And I think before meeting you, I think I thought that a conscious relationship or like the right relationship was one where there was all of these challenges for us to constantly work through because we're healing all this stuff from our childhood together. And actually our relationship is very peaceful. Our relationship, I feel we flow very well together, right? It's well, not a I, turbulent relationship. Yeah. You know, we're very we're very much the same. Yeah. You know? I think there can also be a lot of there can also be a lot of solace taken in that turbulence. Like you were saying, where you you have so many issues that you're working through that you actually think you're up leveling. When yeah. really it's just you're going through a ton of issues because you guys have a ton of issues <laughs> and there's a lot <laughs> right. of problems and sometimes that are being that, brought that up. means you're incompatible. Yeah, it's incompatible and that's not the right person for you. And I think it can be like, again, perception. How am I viewing this turbulence? Am I viewing this turbulence as us up-leveling? Mm -hmm. Because we talked to somebody who was in a relationship who was saying they were up-leveling and then a month later they were divorced. Yeah. So yeah. what does it actually mean to be up leveling. Mm -hmm. My level of up leveling is you're doing your personal work, I'm doing my personal work, and our up leveling is coming together synonymously. Sean's doing Sean, Mel's doing Mel, and then Mel and Sean are moving together mm -hmm. as well. And that's another segue. And then obviously Sky jumps in. That's another segue. But just speaking on this, mm -hmm. on right person, it's like, are two people with their own agendas willing to come together, sacrifice, compromise, be together, already having done their own work, being expressive with each other about their own work and their pain points and their hurts and their inner child work that they've dealt with and the trauma that's come about and being expressive about those things and learning from each other. And that when anger or fighting comes up, arguments, conflict comes up, how do you, how do you deal in your conflict? Mm -hmm. Like how does Mel, how do you 
deal with conflict with me and how do I deal with conflict with you? Mm -hmm. Do you just go the other way and avoid? Mm -hmm. Do you lean in? And I feel super grateful for the fact that we both have a very, and this is why I feel like we're the, you're my right person. If there's like a right person gauge <laughs> is that we both do similar. We both lean in, in mm -hmm. times of conflict yeah. in not a way that's character assassinating. There's been times where we've had sleep deprivation and like said a thing, but we like immediately yeah. promptly We both want to lean in. There's not like, I think typically in most relationships, there tends to be one person that leans in and, and one, one person that that's more out. avoidant, right? And then that's, that's what I've had in previous relationships. I've been the one always wanting to lean in and there's always, and there's been the other person that's like more avoidant. And I don't think there's a right way or wrong way. I think it's quite typical that like, you know, a lot of people have more anxious avoidant, a lot of people, sorry, have more anxious attachment. A lot of people have more avoidant attachment. Obviously, ideally you wanna be in a secure attachment from the work that you've done on yourself and you wanna find someone who's also in secure attachment place. And I think if you, I, I feel as though we're both very securely attached people, which means we want to lean in to figuring things out, not out of anxiety, but out of, we're both people that deeply care about relationships, deeply care oh, about communication. Yeah. Um, but we we don't find ourselves like avoiding or like throwing things, you know, away. We're both people that very much are relationship driven and relationship focused. Hey guys, just want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about my favorite product that I'm using right now, and that is Pitsy Natural Deodorant. I've tried every single natural deodorant that's out there. This is the only one that actually works and lasts and stops me from smelling. But not only does it stop me from smelling, it actually smells freaking amazing. And there are six different scents. So what I love about Pitsy is I can basically choose the scent that I want that morning, depending on the kind of mood I'm in, depending on my outfit, the vibe that I'm in. So I might go for like rose, which I love the rose one. But then this morning I was feeling more in like a lavender clove bird kind of mood. I might feel in like a dark sea kind of mood. Like I'm so multidimensional that I like to choose a different scent every day, <laughs> right? So I love this product so much. It's also biodegradable, compostable. You can literally um, put this into the soil when you're done with it and it will completely disintegrate into nothing. So super good for the planet, which we absolutely love. But yeah, most of all, just love that it actually works, you know, as a natural product. So everyone get your hands on some Pitsy. You can use the code MELWELLS10 to get 10% off your order. So go to meetpitsy.com or Instagram slash meetpitsy. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, and I also wanna like get the whole opposites attract um, mystical thought like demolished a little bit. Is that yeah, like- Yeah, because I, I a lot of people, that too. A lot of people said opposites attract. And so when you and I first got together and we had so many similarities, that was almost like a red flag for you. I wouldn't say it was a red flag. I just thought, wow, we're very similar. And maybe this means we're gonna be more suited as like really good friends. Yes. Because it's so typical or like it's so, I hear so often that like, 
I'm the opposite to my partner because he's this and I'm that. And he ba- we balance each other out. We hear that a lot, right? Yeah. And I feel like with us, we hold different polarities in terms of like you hold the masculine energy in our in our relationship. I hold the feminine. But we're very much like we we have so many similarities and we move through life in a very similar way so we're both very like easygoing chill people you know we're both very intuitive we're both very relationship focused family oriented but we also have a very like very savage way about us of wanting to to build and develop and create and Mm -hmm. make things happen and i think that we have a we have a very strong um, synonymous balance where you are wanting to build, develop, create. I'm wanting to do the same, but we also nurture and nourish and care about the relationship and building, developing and creating in that equally Mm -hmm. as much. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like the relationship aspect and the building of work aspect. It's not saying like all we care about is a relationship and just making sure that that is settled and well and good off. We balance a lot of different things, especially in this current moment. And so I think we balance things similarly. But what I what I wanna say on that is I feel as though you can meet someone that has the same values as you and the same interests, but you could be going about life in a different, still in a different way, have different ways of doing things, right? And I think if your partner has a different way of doing things, then it's up to both of you to understand each other's way of doing things and why it may be different, right? And this is why I think like astrology can be really helpful to look at each other's placements in the charts and really understand what that means. Because you can be a different kind of communicator than me, or you could have a different way of being in relationship than me, or you may have a different um, sense of self, a different way of relating to yourself than, than I do, or a different way of processing something than I do. And so I think it's important to learn how each other works in the world, because you could have the exact same values as someone, the exact same interests as someone, but you still bump up against things because different ways of doing things, different ways of thinking about things. Yeah. And I also think it's, I, I also think to that point, it's completely looking into your chart for sure. And then it's also, you're going to come up against those things experientially. And that's when I feel like the signs come the most is when we're having a casual day and we're just going out and getting coffee, not a lot of signs are going to like throw themselves at each other. But when we're going through something that's a little bit more tough, I'm going to be able to be exposed to how you communicate during that time. Mm -hmm. What's your sense of self during that time? Mm -hmm. How you, how you ask me about how I'm doing in that time, like getting mm-hmm. out of yourself during that time, how we navigate the hardship as a unit, identifying mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. team really looks like and what team feels like. Hey, do you have my back on this? Do you have my back on this? One of the things that was said was like, you know, let me know what your needs are more. 
And so then it's like, it's like pivoting and mm. being like, okay, like I'm willing to hear that. Mm. And then now I'm willing to pivot and behave differently. Yeah. And so that's a big one too, is being able to take, they called it like constructive criticism, but when you're in a relationship, it's like, there's no critique. It's just how one works and how one works as well. And then how to work together. I think that together piece is really important because I think you can feel like a team in, a, in your relationship when things are going really well. But as soon as shit hits the fan and you come against a challenge, if you immediately drop out of that team and become you versus me, and it's who's right, who's wrong, um, you know, who's who's gonna win the argument and who's out the door and who's who can win the most points against each other and, you know, this kind of thing. And immediately the team just disintegrates, right? So I think how to know if your relationship is really right is if you can keep that team and remind each other, hey, and remind each other, hey, we're on the same team. We want the same things. I love you. This is what we're working through right now. I understand your point of view. I understand where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. And just remember and recognize and remind each other that we are a team. We're moving towards the same goal. We want the same things instead of like dispersing into you versus me. Totally. And I'm going to say one more thing too, is that so much is already in your body. Like just going back to a complete somatic point is that really how do you feel when you're with this person to know that they're the right person? Mm -hmm. literally on a regular consistent basis how is your body is it tense is your nervous system active are you feeling a little bit removed do you feel like you need to exit to your phone a lot do you feel like you need to like watch tv to decompress do you feel like you can actually be with there and mm -hmm. be present and be with their with each other and feel relaxed mm -hmm. in your body on a consistent basis because and then do that through hardship and then through conflict. Your body is going to go through a state of nervous system mm -hmm. being activated. Yeah. And then how is your partner allowing you to decompress and take space for your own self and what that looks like because they need to understand what you need. And if they're listening to that, and then watching you move differently in accordance to that feeling of this nervous system and mm -hmm. how intense it can be. And are we leveling out? Yeah. That is that is a, a sacred way to be able to understand whether or not that person's right for you. Yeah. I'm hearing you talk about interdependence and not falling into a codependent relationship, but having both people be able to take space when they need to and also prioritize being together as well, because that's obviously very important too. There's a couple more things that I just wanna say also that we haven't touched on yet, and that is who are you when you're around this person? You know, like, do they bring out good qualities in you? Do they bring out the best in you? Do they bring out the, the real authentic you? Or do you feel as though they're bringing out a side of you that is really not an enjoyable experience? Or do you feel like you're having to bend who you are in order to try and win their love? 
I think that's really important to note as well because you want to be, hopefully you want to be with someone that you guys uplift each other and you make life better from coming together rather than coming together and like immediately feeling like it's just, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna give you an example of this. Okay. I feel like there can be a coming together of you and another person. And am I spiritual enough for this person? Ooh. And then you start acting more spiritual mm -hmm. or you start regurgitating more information that you're reading or listening on a podcast mm -hmm. and trying to literally act more spiritual for this other person mm -hmm. and basically bending to thinking that's what they're looking for and feeling like that's actually a necessity in order to gain their love. And I think that I think that going to your point of do I feel like I can be my authentic self when I'm around this person is there should be for me in knowing that this is the right person for me, never a feeling like I need to be anything outside of myself, mm. that I am enough in who I am, mm -hmm. which is personal work too, but it's also like coming together we're talking about like integrating with another human being. And I just want to say this because it has always resonated with me that my brother's wife said at 34, Sean, I basically asked myself, do I want to be alone for the rest of my life and do it my way? Or do I want to sacrifice a little bit and be with somebody for the rest of my life? And I chose to sacrifice a little bit and be with somebody for the rest of my life because the sacrifice was worth it because I was sacrificing little things, menial things, not who I was, not my soul, but I was sacrificing when do we want to cook dinner? When do we want to wake up? When do we want to start our spiritual practice in the morning? When do we want to begin decompressing at night? When do I want to, you know, it's the small Do you mean things. like when you're single and you're like, I'm going to wait until like the perfect person comes along who checks all of these boxes? Is that what you mean by sacrifice? I mean like what I was primarily mean by sacrifice is like do it more. But like she meant like. Do I want to have, like, do I want to just be alone and do things my way because I have all of these things that have to be done my way in this kind of perfect tick box? Or do I sacrifice and do I realize that there's no perfect person in the world and everyone has their flaws and their things and their little things that we all get to explore and work around together? Exactly. I think it was just about being like, do I want to be by myself or do I want to be, do I want to be alone for the rest of my life and do everything that I want to do when I want to do it mm -hmm. and have all those boxes that you just said ticked off? Or do I want to be with another person and not have everything my way mm -hmm. all of the time? Yeah, because that's what relationship is. I'm not alone and I'm now with this person that actually challenges me and allows me to help me grow. 
And that feels like the right person for me. Yeah, I think I think there's like this common statement that I hear, which is like, it's better to be alone than with the wrong person. And I think that's absolutely true. But I think sometimes people get tripped up because they're waiting for like this perfect list of checkboxes to appear and think that they won't have to make any sacrifice or make any compromise, right? And so I think what you're speaking to is like, there's always gonna be little compromises in relationship. There's always gonna be little sacrifices when two completely, two universes come together into one, right? But if you notice that you're sacrificing parts of who you are and things that are really important to you and values that are really important to you, then it's a sign that you're in the wrong relationship. Yeah, I think it's also coming up against the wrong relationship over and over and over again. I feel like if you find yourself in almost a loop of where immediately you start breaking down a person when you first meet them and like looking mm -hmm. at flaws that you may have found in your past relationships immediately off the bat. Mm -hmm. and just basically setting yourself up for failure in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. that's another way to basically never know if it was the right person or not because you didn't quite give them a chance or mm -hmm. a chance fully. Yeah. Because I think there's also people that I know that just always say, I can't seem to find the right person. Like why we're having this conversation. How do I find my right person? And I think it's acknowledging all of our past hurts and traumas, mm -hmm. but then also releasing them at the same time and just saying, I'm going to follow my gut and intuition. And it's like that Brene Brown quote where it's like the most courageous or the most brokenhearted. Sometimes it's just allowing yourself to lead with heart first. Mm -hmm. And then really, as you go, you're going to find out things. But ultimately, like, there's a truth within you that I think is the compass guiding you to your right person. And if you can just acknowledge that and leave the little menial things like what they do for a living out, then maybe it's a stronger possibility mm. that that right person will be right for you. And then ultimately, will you be right for each other? Mm. I love that, babe. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful place to, to end this episode on. You know, we can get so swept up in all of the little things sometimes. And I think sometimes that can be a way that we may sabotage connections instead of doing the brave thing, which is leaning in. Because if you feel a connection with someone in your body and you feel a safety and a truth and an attraction, and then you discard it because, oh, he's not six foot, or oh, he, doesn't make a certain amount of money, then it's like, well, you could have just missed out on like the love of your life. I feel like guys do that as well. It's like, oh, she's 
you know, got weird teeth or, oh, I don't know. You know, things like that. That's like, come on, it's really not the thing. Yeah, or she's not my type or I don't Mm -hmm. know, she smells a little or whatever it may be. (laughs) It's like the the ways in which we can quickly rule out somebody. Because I think there's fear. It's scary. You know, so we're like kind of waiting for like the perfect set of circumstances. I also think media does so much of that too, right? It's so many love stories out there that are being told on tv and in movies where you just fall into it and it's just like completely works out and it's so glamorized and i think what's left out of the movies is the cancer or the mm, NICU experience or the you know whatever hard thing that you may come up against Mm -hmm. and Sometimes it's those big experiences that are the hardships. And sometimes it's the little ones that just are at home too after being around each other for so for so long and so intimately. Mm-hmm. And it's, <clears throat> you know, just the passive comment every once in a while. And again, pulling it back, it's like, how do you communicate and deal with that conflict together Mm. so you can reintegrate. Beautiful. Well, to wrap this episode up, I want to ask you the love, sex, magic questions. What is something that you are loving right now? I am loving re-getting back into the lab and kind of uh, figuring out this new concoction that I've got coming up. Ooh, this is for... Pitsy natural deodorant. If you didn't know, that's, that's Sean's been company. Really actually fun for me, yeah, yeah, dope. Something that you can you ask me now. Okay, what is something that you love in your life right now? Okay, I really love our Friday family days. Like we've made this commitment to ourselves that we'll take Fridays off work. Well, you don't really take Fridays off work. I take Fridays off work to just do like mom things. But basically on Fridays, we do appointments for Sky and Rio and just kind of take care of all family things. And they're like my favorite days because we get to take Rio to training. We get to take Sky to the pediatrician and we get to spend some time just running around doing family appointments. That's it's my favorite. That's what Dang, I love. I <laughs> the actual thing that I really, Baby, really. Baby, it's fine. <laughs> Let it be. Let it be. Our mornings together. Okay, okay, yeah. You, good. me, Sky. That's true. And then hearing Rio's waddle in. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's like my, that's something okay. that I love. Love that too. What is something that turns you on? You, when <laughs> you. Study now. <laughs> are changing into your robe. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Thanks, babe. What is something that turns you on right now, baby? When you make pancakes for us. <laughs> also in your robe. <laughs> okay, enough with the robes. When was the last time you experienced magic? Just now looking at you. <laughs> Stop. Um, no. That's my answer. Okay. Amazing. Mm. 
Thank you, babe. Oh, let me think. When's the last time I you mean, I mean, experience? all the time. I mean, so much magic. I think I experience magic on a daily basis with with you and with Sky. But I think the thing that just came up as I asked you that question and was thinking about magic was. I feel as though every morning when we wake up in bed, we are with a different baby than we went to sleep with because he grows so insanely fast and we literally wake up and he looks different than how he looked when we went to bed. (laughs) And I feel like that is pure magic. Like it's everyone, I know every new parent says they grow so fast, but like, holy shit, like literally like day to day is like such a big difference. So yeah, that's my magic. Yeah. Good magic. Yeah, good episode, babe. Good, good to episode, have this talk baby. with you. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks I hope for that listening. you got some good takeaways from this app. If you did, let us know. Uh, leave us a review on this podcast if you liked it. Share it with your friends. And we'll share see you it, next share week. It, share it. Have a beautiful week full of love, sex, and magic, guys. So I really hope you loved this episode. If you enjoy listening to this show, I would love if you would leave us a review. And really exciting, you can now have your question answered by me on this show live by sending in a voice note to the show. So you will have the option to have this message completely anonymous too, but it's gonna be like getting mini coaching from me on air. So if you want to take part in this, I would love to do this with you. So go to the link in the show notes and you'll know exactly what to do. So thank you so much.